Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome again to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kalmanovsky with you here, learning Tractate Beta, page Gimel, or three. And we continue our discussion of the eggs laid on Yom Tov, whether they are permissible for use or not. We discussed yesterday that Rav Nachman believes that we are talking about uh, an egg laid by an egg-laying chicken that is therefore muktzeh, not to be touched or used on Yom Tov. Rav Nachman thinks that we're, Rabba rather thinks that we're talking about a chicken that is designated for eating, but but happens to be the day before, that happens, the, the egg happens to be laid the day after Shabbat, so we think that the egg itself, so to speak, grew on Shabbat. But there are two other positions. Uh, there are two other positions which seem a little bit less obvious to us, but they, at least to me, but they they integrate with other rabbinic laws. Rav Yosef says that the reason that you can't eat the egg laid on Shabbat is that it's like a fruit falling from a tree, and we have a rabbinic idea that you shouldn't uh, eat fruit that fell from a tree on Yom Tov, because that would lead you, if, if we permitted such a thing, that would lead you to go climb the tree and pluck the tree uh, on, on Yom Tov. And Rav Yitzchak holds that it's a, it's a derivative of the prohibition on squeezing juice from a fruit on Yom Tov, even though food preparation is generally permitted on Yom Tov, uh, the production of juice as opposed to solid food is not uh, covered in that, in that exemption. So, Agmara raises an interesting point, which I think uh, many contemporary readers will be interested in. Uh, the Gemara objects that if the egg laid on Yom Tov is a derivative of the prohibition of fallen fruit or squozen juice, then that is gzera ligzera, that that is a, 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 a fence built around a fence, a, a rabbinic legislation built to protect yet another rabbinic legislation. And that is regarded as, in rabbinic uh, jurisprudence, that's regarded as somewhere between a bad idea and playing against the rules. Uh, the, in, in general, the rabbis think that their legislation is to protect uh, the Torah, is to protect one from sinning against Torah violations. And you have a general view that Torah violations require strict construction and rabbinic violations require a more lenient construction. And so it would seem to the Gemara on our page that if those are a double gzera, a prohibition to protect a rabbinic prohibition, that, that that's unwise to say the, the very least. And the Gemara parries that objection and says, no, 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 no. What, what it means is that, so to speak, in the original legislation, both the fallen fruit and the egg laid, or both the squozen juice and the egg laid were considered in the original rabbinic prohibition. Uh, whether that's true or not, I can't say, but I do think it is an important conceptual part of rabbinic jurisprudence to know that you are supposed to not heap uh, rabbinic prohibitions on top of other rabbinic prohibitions. On our page, there are at least two other things that I'd like to point out to you that are a little bit interesting. Rabbi Yochanan is seen as examining the positions of Rabbi Yehuda, who lived a hundred or so years before him, and he comes upon what he takes to be a contradiction. Rabbi Yehuda is seen as having a relatively lenient position 
about squeezing fruit on uh, on Yom Tov. You cannot squeeze fruit for the juice, Rabbi Yehuda says, but you are permitted to squeeze fruit for the solid food that will emerge from from the squeezing. And yet later on, Rabbi Yehuda says very clearly that on a, a two-day festival, uh, a person can eat an egg on the second day um, of the festival, but uh, that is late on the first day, but can't eat it on the day itself. Now, how does that work, Rabbi Yehuda? You just told us that you can eat the solid food. Egg is by presumably a solid food. It's a food. It's not a drink. And you just told us that solid foods can be extracted on Yom Tov. So uh, what gives? And Rabbi Yochanan gives an interesting answer, which reminds us of the differences of, of being a learned person in the ancient world when they didn't have books and they didn't have computers and they, they only had oral traditions. Rabbi Yochanan responds, Muchlefet hashita. The, uh, the uh, uh, assigned positions are to be reversed. That is to say, the oral tradition that we have, that the sages take the strict position about squeezing fruit, and Rabbi Yehuda takes the lenient position, well, that, that tradition must be wrong, and, and Rabbi Yehuda is the one with the strict position in both cases, so I have to amend the received text. That is not at all an uncommon position in the Gemara to, to amend a text, because I think they have, at some level, a, uh, a basic uh, sense that the oral tradition is a rather fallible means of passing on this information. And here is, here is a case where we have that. That, by the way, that, that, that interpretation is not left to stand. Ravina, who comes much later than Rabbi Yochanan, says there's no need to amend the text. Let's just say that in the course of the text, Rabbi Yehuda is explaining in, in, his, in his stricter view, he's not explaining his own lenient view, he's saying to the sages, listen, guys, if you want to take a strict view, here's how I can interpret, here's how I can interpret your position, but my own position ultimately is lenient. Okay. Now, one more point. Finally, uh, everybody who studies kashrut, everybody who studies uh, uh, the specific laws of the Jewish kitchen knows of the incredibly complicated, mind-spinning uh, rules of tarot votes. What if a kosher thing gets mixed up with trade things? How in the world do you extract it? What, what becomes forbidden? What becomes permitted? In general, uh, as, a, as a concept of what the rabbis say to be the Torah's legislation, deoraita, uh, deoraita means from the Torah, uh, an, a forbidden item is, uh, becomes permitted when it gets mixed up with more than 50% of a kosher item. That is to say, acharei rabim lahatot, follow the majority, and if the majority is kosher, the, the, the forbidden item gets considered nullified. That is, however, not how we generally apply the law in practice. As a general rule, forbidden food is considered, uh, uh, it, it, it forbids the whole, the whole mixture that it is in, binotein tam, as long as it imparts a flavor, and our rule of one in sixtieth if one part in 60 of the forbidden mixture is trafe, then we consider the whole thing trafe. Uh, but that's not the only kind of exception. There are lots of exceptions. And on our page, we raise an interesting one. It, we talk about an egg that we have a doubt about. And the, the doubt that is ultimately settled upon is whether or not it was, it was late on Yom Tov or just before. So it's, you know, Yom Tov begins, let's say, on Wednesday night. And, and right around evening time, the hen lays the egg. Okay, was it Yom Tov or not Yom Tov? So if it's if it's a safek, it's afilu be'elef lo batil. 
it is it is never nullified even if there were a thousand other eggs. Well, why should that be the case? Because the most we can say is that it's forbidden de Rabbanan. Um, and the idea, as most we can say, is that it's forbidden by rabbinic legislation. And by the way, we said that rabbinic legislation deserves a lenient construction, not a strict construction. The answer that the Gemara gives, and it's one of the rules of thumb of these laws of Ta'arobot, of, of forbidden mixtures, that davar yesh lo matirin afilu ba'elef lo batil, that's something that will become 100% kosher with just the passage of time. Wait another 48 hours, Yom Tov is over, this egg is 100% kosher, you don't have to worry about it at all. Uh, if that's the case, then we do not ever invoke the, the leniency of nullifying it in the admixture. Because even if there were a thousand other eggs, that's a, it's considered to be a kind of leniency. Um, but we don't need to apply such a leniency, because all we have to do is wait 48 hours, and the egg will be totally kosher. All right. There's today's page. Uh, thank you for learning with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.